Well, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to open up to Psalm 42. We are continuing our series that Pastor started entitled Surge, Spirit-Filled Praise. And tonight we're going to be talking about kind of the subject of energy loss. You know, everybody loves a punchline. But here's the key. The key to an amazing punchline is the execution. Because if you miss that moment, it's gone forever. And you might as well just crawl under a rock because it's not going to work. Even if you try to rescue it, right? Because a punchline has to happen. It has to happen. You know, a few years ago, probably about 10 years ago, I happened to be at a UT basketball game. I'm a UT Hook'em Horns fan. I love the, love the Austin uh, Tech. Can't talk this evening. That's okay. Let me rewind and start one more time. I love UT and I love their sports. And one time I had the opportunity to be in Stillwater to watch uh, UT basketball uh, against the Cowboys there in, in, uh, in Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State. And I happened to be right where the UT basketball team was going to walk through. Of course, I'm the minority there. I'm the only one wearing a UT Austin shirt, UT basketball, of course, getting all the looks and, and everything. But I'm representing strong. I'm not worried about anything. But I'm standing there, and here comes the UT the University of Texas basketball team, and I have a moment. I have a platform. I'm right in the middle of the enemy's camp, and I have a platform to make a statement. And as they start walking by, I, with all my might, with everything with inside of me, I say, go get them, guys. How many know that that was a crash and burn? And I'm not kidding. I wish there was a rock I could have climbed under because I just completely blew it. I'm sure the, the basketball players were like, who's this guy? Why did he show up? You know, but I missed it. You know, sometimes I believe that when we come to God's house, that we have an opportunity to engage. We have an opportunity to execute through praise, and we miss it. And we miss it. And so tonight I want to talk about that. We're continuing on spirit-filled praise and talking about how we need to be able to come into God's house with a praise already inside of us. So our text tonight comes from Psalm 42. Follow along with me on the screen, or if you you downloaded our app, go ahead and you can follow along in the notes there. But here's what it says. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God. For the living God, when can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One, with shouts of joy and praise among the, the festive throng. Now, the writer of this particular, of this particular psalm it comes from the family of Korah. Now, the family of Korah, you have to, to understand, to get the, the background. Those of you that are taking my class, we're, this is the observations uh, section right here. We're, we're going deep into the text and going then and there. You have to understand that the family of Korah comes from the family, from the tribe of Levi. The tribe of Levi, they are the ones that were closest to the priesthood. These are the ones that uh, when, when the Ark of the Covenant was moved into Jerusalem, King David put them in charge of the song service. 
These are the ones that were also the gatekeepers. So you know the gatekeepers were a very, very important, important position because you, you protected everything that came inside and, every, and why they were coming in. You protected it. You were, you were there. You are the gatekeeper. This was a very high position for this family. But if you even go further back into history, this particular family, interesting enough, they're the family that rebelled against Moses and Aaron in, in uh, Numbers chapter 16, when they decided to build their own idol, they decided to pray something else other than God, this is the same family who rebelled against Moses. And you know, again, this, this particular family, what is the Bible talks about how most of them went to their death because of their rebellion against God. Now, knowing the background of their amazing positions and also... The, the, the background of their rebellion, of where their ancestors came from, I want you to think about my text one more time. And it says this, My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One. How I used to go to the house of God with shouts of joy. How I used to go to the house of God with praise among the festive throng. When you think about this and you read these words and, and how deeply, it, how there's such a, a heavy burden on them, it's clearly that they have lost their focus with God. And the writer is talking about getting back in alignment. He's pleading to come back into alignment with God. He's pleading this. He, he's using these phrases, how I used to do this, how I used to do that. You know, we use that quite often. I used to do this. And most of the time when we use that, it's because of something that we did was good. Now, you never hear us say, you know, I used to run. I used to get my jog on on 1604 uh, between, you know, 5 and 7. It just wasn't working out. You know, you, that's probably not something that you're going to say. Or I used to wear Dallas Maverick jerseys all the time. Okay, absolutely not. You know, those are just not something we say. We usually, when we use that term, we usually say, you know, I used to eat well. I, I used to exercise. Uh, I, I used to be on time. I used to come into God's house uh, committed. I used to come in and want to worship. A lot of times when we use that, it's because of something that we used to do that benefited our lives. And he's expressing that in the psalm. He's wanting to be realigned with God. He's wanting to come back. One of the things that I've discovered in worship, that when we begin to praise God, when we begin to worship God, we begin to see how massive and how big God is. And it reminds me of how small I am and how I need a big God in my life. When I begin to lift up my hands, when I worship, and I lift up my hands and I just begin to think about how incredible God is, I am reminded immediately how small I am and how I need him every day in my life. And we find here that he is, the psalmist is pleading. He's pleading. In fact, in fact, he, the, he compares his longing for God the way a deer longs for water because water, obviously, we know gives us life just as God's spirit gives our spirit man life to, to exist. So I want to share four things with you tonight and then we're going to come back into a time of worship. So maybe for some of you, you got here maybe just a couple minutes late, or you, you've been, you were a part of our worship service, but you just didn't engage. You've got a second chance, and I hope you're going to take advantage of it.
But allow me to share some things with you and just follow along with me. As always, I will be using a lot of texts and I encourage you to write them down, uh, type them in your phone, use them for your devotional this week. But the first thing I want to share with you is a sacrifice of praise. A sacrifice of praise is the praise we give God from devotion no matter how we feel. No matter how we feel. You know, many times when we come before before the Lord, it's very easy to lift up our hands and to get excited for the Lord and, and, and to lift up our hearts in praise. Other times, praise is anything but easy. Sometimes it's the very last thing that we want to do. And during these moments, here's what I believe, that it's, it's necessary for us to bring a sacrifice of praise. You know, I began to think about this, and this is a song that we used to sing when I was at, in children's church. We bring the sacrifice of praise, but... It wasn't until I really began to dig deeper into what does that mean. Now, that, that phrase comes from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, where it says, Let us offer up a sacrifice of praise. So let's quickly just talk about sacrifice. First of all, a sacrifice speaks of giving up something that is costly, giving up something that, that is big or dear to us. A sacrifice is not a sacrifice until it costs something. You know, you look in the Bible from the Old Testament to the New Testament, you will constantly see that word, that word surface, sacrifice. It's throughout the entire Bible. In the Old Testament, when you talk about sacrifice, it's usually speaking about death. When they would put a sacrifice on behalf of the people to the Lord for the forgiveness of their sins. When you talked about sacrifice in the Old Testament, it usually represented death. But when you talk about sacrifice in the New Testament, it's a different kind of death. It's a different kind of death. It's a death to our comfort. It's putting a death to our ego, putting a death to our pride. It's putting to death uh, uh, just complete surrenderance to Him, everything that our control and giving it over to God because of His sacrifice that was made on the cross. It's that type of a death. But sometimes when it comes to to energy loss and trying to get it break into the presence of God, we need to put to death these desires or the weariness. And that's what I believe a sacrifice of praise is. You see, praise involves a cost when we come to the Lord, regardless how we feel. I think many times we miss out on the practical side of our lives. And I want to talk about practical things that we have to sacrifice. Because a lot of times I believe when our, our, our physical body is attacked or even mentally we're attacked, the enemy capitalizes on that and tries to to distract us from looking to the Lord. So let's just look at the practical things that it costs when we're talking about a sacrifice of praise. You know, sometimes it's going to cost us energy. It's going to cost us energy. Maybe you've had a long day today and you woke up late and you just, you had to fight through the traffic you know, or you just had a long week and you come in on Sunday and, and let's be honest, you're just, you're just tired and there's just no energy. And all you want to do is just go into that nice, comfortable seat and sit back. Some of you are like, oh yes, Pastor Mark's preaching tonight. I get to take a good nap. You know, you're so tired, (laughs) but our energy, it costs us our energy. It also will cost us our preparation. Because I believe that we sometimes are so cluttered, not necessarily with sin, there could be, but we're cluttered from the day of all the things that we didn't get to and all the things that we'll need to do tomorrow, the distractions of the life. And sometimes we need to prepare ourselves mentally to be able to praise 
We need to sacrifice that. We need to, we need to put that to death so that we can come in. Another one that, we, that costs us, it's going to cost us our time. Now, some of you are, oh, Pastor Mark, why did you have to go there? It's going to cost us our time. You know, time is, is precious. It's been said that if you, you lose money, you can make it up. But if you lose time, time's gone forever. But it's going to cost us our time. If someone were to um, share with you a cause and ask you, uh, you know, to give to this particular cause, we will pri- if we're moved, we're, we're willing to give them some money to help them. But it may be a different story when someone asks you to commit if you could give us two or three hours of your time. It takes something. That's a different conversation. It becomes even a little bit bigger. Why? Because time, time is so precious to us. We need to understand when we want to come into God's presence, it's going to sometimes cost us energy. We're going to have to fight through. Sometimes we're going to have to prepare ourselves and think about the things that are standing in the way. Sometimes we're going to have to sacrifice time. And even though we, sh- we need to do uh, uh, you know, task A, B, and C, no, it's time to go to church. I need to put it off until I get back. It's going to sacrifice. You know, we all... We all in my family, Friday nights is, is our, our family night, and we love to go to movies. We love going to movies on Friday night together. And if you're like me when you go to a movie, especially if it's a popular one, you're going to go to the movie, you're going you're gonna to buy the tickets like, you know, three years in advance, all right? <laughs> you're you're going to get there early. I mean, dads are already starting the car, putting the air conditioner on. I mean, we're going to get there early. Why do we want to get there early? Because we want to beat the lines. We want to get our popcorn and get our, 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 our $50 popcorn and our $20 Coke that we know we're not going to finish. We want to get to our seats and, and, you know, and make sure that we can get comfortable. We want to pull out our colcha. You know what I'm talking about? Get all comfortable. And then we're ready. Oh, and before, one more thing. There's one more step. Before we even cross the threshold into the movie theater, we've got to make one pit stop. Y'all know what I'm talking about because we're not going to want to get up in the middle of the movie. Why? Because we don't want to miss a second. So we get into the movie. We make this effort. Now I'm saying because I know I do this. I want to get there and I want to see everything. I wonder... I wonder if we, self-included at times, would put the same effort that we put into going to see something of entertaining that we would put in the effort coming to God's house. Think about it. Listen, you can't, you can't dash in and dash out of God's presence. If you're wondering why you're not able to grow or you're wondering why when you come into God's house and you leave, leave exactly the same, it could very well be that you're just trying to, to dash in and out of God's presence. You're not able to be there and allow him to work in you. Oh, I think sometimes we need to, we need to, to approach things with, with more passion in the way we do things that, that entertain us. Not only do, are there practical things that we have to look at, but we also have to look at our character. When we come to praise God, we have to look at the things that distract us. You know, our attitude toward our involvement in praise and worship are keys to are the keys to entering into God's presence. There are a lot of things that can be stand in the way, and it's in His presence. Can I tell you? A great exchange happens. It's in His presence where we find a fullness of joy. We find a fullness of joy, 
And praise can become, when we begin to get into his presence and we begin to worship him, when we bring a sacrifice of praise, praise can be a powerful weapon. Praise can be a powerful weapon. You want to confuse the enemy in your trial? You want to confuse the enemy when you're going through a tough time? Begin to praise him in the midst of the storm. Begin to praise him when you're in the depths of hell. You begin to lift up your hands towards heaven and acknowledge that God is still on the throne. It will begin to confuse the enemy because they can't understand. Why would you be praising in your circumstance? Listen, we cannot praise God because of how we feel. We need to praise him when we feel like praising him. James 5.13 says, is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. We also need to praise God when we don't feel like praising him. Psalm 42.5 says this, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. We need to praise him in all circumstances. Distractions will try to come in. And distract us from focusing on God's presence. And we need to make sure we get rid of those. You know, sometimes we could feel an inner conflict that it's all emotion. That it's just emotionalism. Or you may be made fun of because it's emotionalism. We need to get that out of our mind. We need to get that out of our mind. You know, emotionalism is is really only following what's been dictated out of our emotions, is it not? God made us to be emotions. Now... Now, we don't need to ride on our emotions the whole way through, but our emotions can begin to position us to celebrate and praise. That's what I'm talking about. But when emotionalism surfaces, that's when we enter into praise only when we feel like it or we refrain from from praising because we just don't want to. That's emotionalism. That's going through the motions. When we, to stop praising him, when we don't feel up to it, is true emotionalism. Allowing our emotions to dictate the level of our praise. Can I tell you, those are the ways that when we come into God's house with that attitude, that we're never able to really step into God's presence. Because true praise is the antithesis of emotionalism. True praise comes from the depths of our heart. We need to pray enthusiastically whether we want to or not. Whether we like the circumstance we're in or not. We need to come to God with, a, with, with a sincere praise. Regardless of what our emotional state is. Psalm 150 verse 1 says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty works. You know that that just tells me that we're commanded to praise You notice something? You notice that God is not asking us to praise? He's not asking us to praise because kings don't ask. They command. He's making a point here. He's saying, listen, I want you to praise. And listen, praise is not... God is going to be God whether we praise Him or not. God is still going to be on the throne if Mark Molina chooses to praise or not. But here, praise is not because it's something for Him. Praise is something for us. That when we begin to lift up God with our voice, when we begin to lift up our hands towards heaven, when we begin to focus on Him and bring the sacrifice of praise, regardless of how tired we are or how much is cluttering our mind or how much time it's going to take, praise comes in and we're able to go deep into God's presence. If you're still with me, say amen. Amen. We're commanded to praise. We're commanded to praise. We need to understand that we praise because God is enthroned in our praise. Psalm 22, verse 3. 
Yet you are holy, O you who are enthroned upon the praises of Israel. Oh, there's power when we praise. And I've spent a lot of time on this one. I'm going to kind of go quickly through the others because I really felt like this is the key to this entire message. Because we cannot come in and just say, because I don't feel like praising, I'm just going to sit back. That's when we fight through. And I believe when we're able to do that, a lot of times the greatest victory is just right on the other side. When we, when we stop fighting our own battles and let God fight when the battle's already His, can I tell you the victory's just right there. We just got to praise through. Some of you got to just praise through to your victory tonight. Some of you got to live a life of praise outside of the four walls of this church if you truly, truly want to be in God's presence. Oh, come on. If you're going to clap, why don't you give it with all your heart? I need to move quickly. Second one, we need to pray. Praise is a conscious choice. A conscious choice. There are many things that can stop our praise. It could be guilt. It could be sin. It could be pride. There's a lot of distractions that can distract us from worship. And a lot of times it's the attitude of our heart. Pride can stop us from, from praising and from worship and drain all of our energy. Pride is one of the biggest hindrances to praise. Pride can ruin your worship experience. Pride will move us to a low key because, because we have to understand that when, 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 we are, when we're full of pride, we're not able to worship with all of our heart. It's pride. It is in, it is in pride that restrains us from lifting our voice without the fear of, of the distractions that are around us. Pride can stop us from experiencing joy. Because pride comes with excuses. Well, it's just not my thing. It's just not my style. It's just not something I do. You know, pride never takes the blame. Pride is so strong that it never takes the blame or acknowledges fault. And that could be so much in front of us that it completely halts us. We have to make a conscious decision that we're going to lay down those things that we struggle with in our life and praise. Number three, praise and worship turns the focus from us to God. I'm going to go ahead and invite the, prayer to, uh, the worship team to join me back on the platform. Praise and worship turns the focus from us to God. You know, God has commanded us to praise, not because of what it does for Him, but because of how it changes our lives, because of how, what it does inside of us. It places us in proper relationship with him. That's why this, this Psalm 42, my text today, he was saying those words because somehow, some way, they became out of alignment with God. Praise has a way of, when we make it all about him, praise has a way of just realigning us with God. I love what, what John 4, 23 says. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. You know, He seeks those types of worshipers. Why? Because He desires intimacy with us. God desires intimacy with us. And do you notice in the text here, it didn't say that He's seeking worship. He's seeking worshipers. That's us. I'm talking about the creator of heaven and earth. 
our mighty God, the, the, our amazing Father desires us. There's probably times I'm going to say, but God, do you know what, I, what I've done in my life? Do you know the mistakes I made today? No, I'm seeking you. I give you access to me. I give you complete access into my throne room. You see, praise and worship turns our focus completely off us and completely on the Lord. You know, even on one occasion, when we think that it's going to be about us, or when we think that God needs our praise, in Luke chapter 19, verse 37, it says that he came near a place where the road goes down from the Mount of Olives. The whole crowd of disciples began uh, joyful, uh, began joyfully to praise God with the loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. And here's what he responds. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, even the rocks are going to cry out. Can I tell you, we have the privilege of God's people of being able to come boldly and worship God with everything within inside of us. We have a privilege, church. We have a privilege. And listen, God is, God, God is not up there wondering who's going to praise me today. Something, that the trees of the field, when they wave, they are praising the Lord. The rocks, the, Jesus is saying the rocks are going to cry out if man does not praise him. But when we put all that aside, church, we have the, the complete access to God's throne room to praise him with everything inside of us. And my admonishment to you today is that every single day you wake up, that should be a praise moment. The fact that you have breath, the fact that you are not six feet underneath the ground, the fact that God has, has rescued you, the fact that he lives inside of you, that's a reason to worship. I'm going to invite you to stand with me tonight. The last thing I want to share, if the problem robs your praise, then you're focused on events instead of trusting God. If a problem or a circumstance robs you of your praise, you're focused on the problem and not God. Some of us need to just for these next few moments as Pastor Alfred and the team is going to lead us into a time of worship, a time of prayer. Some of us need to get rid of the distractions. Some of us need to fight through. Here's your second chance. We don't do this often, all right? We don't ever give you, a lot of times you come to church, you only got one shot to worship. Now we're giving you a second chance. That's a great deal tonight. You don't even have to pay extra. You have a second chance to press in. Some of you, you're tired. I get it. Some of you, your mind is cluttered from today and what you got to make tomorrow. I get it. I understand. Some of you have got some deadlines. I understand that. But make a sacrifice of praise right now. Bring everything within you. Just as the psalmist says, I will bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. So would you do that as they lead us? Would you bring a sacrifice?